Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Promise Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Green, and I'm also the founder and owner of the Promise Perspective. If you're listening in today, I'm glad you're here. I hope to fill you up today with truth and encouragement. And I am, um, excuse my voice again. I, y'all, I'm still not feeling my best right now. Um, I started feeling bad about two weeks ago and, um, it's just been, it has been a struggle. Um, I appreciate all of your prayers. I feel like I'm finally, like, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, but, um, I was just, I did not want this to get in the way of my podcast episode. So, um, I just ask that you excuse my voice. Um, I'm going to try to get through this as, as best as I can, but, um, yeah, we're here. Praise y'all. Right. Um, but so during my time away, when I took a, a few weeks off from my podcast, I spent a lot of time just going through some of my notes and praying about the direction of this podcast and this ministry. And over the last year and a half, um, basically what I've just been doing is just collecting research um, and putting things in binders. And um, because as I was going through a lot of unlearning and relearning, I knew that the father was leading me to collect everything I was learning to be revisited at another time. And it is, it's almost time to revisit those, those notes. And I, I understand exactly how he was leading my studies the whole time. And he still is. I have like looking at my bookshelf right now and I still have like I don't know like a dozen books I'm itching to read I just don't have the time to but I want to read them so bad and they're just sitting there and um I'm gonna get to them eventually but I've just been trying to chip away at my own research and and not not slacking with my personal bible study as well because that's the utmost important thing and you know I've been on this history journey for about a year and a half now. And now you can learn a lot of history from studying the Old Testament. But personally, I wanted to know for myself how our world as we know it today has been shaped over the last 2,000 years. Um, And the Holy Spirit, Yaz Ruach, it ignited this burning desire in me to study world history. And it has blessed me so much. It's given me so much understanding, so much context. Um, And I'm so grateful for that. And so many dots have been connected for me recently. And although there is still so much I don't know and so much I'm still studying, I just, I feel led to simply share what I've been learning because in doing so, it has allowed me to gain a better understanding of the Bible. Um, It's helped me to understand, to better understand the roots of my faith and also helped to break through loads of deception. 
So I titled this episode, Why Labels Are Dangerous, because I'm using this episode to kind of segue into the next couple episodes, actually really to segue into season four of my podcast, which will launch, y'all willing, November 23rd. And um, there are some things that I just feel like I need to address first before I move to a whole nother topic, which season four's topic is who is Israel? And um, it's going to be a, a, it's a big topic to unpack. There's many different layers and, and perspectives that need to be looked at. And as we move into season four, even before then, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, why words matter, why history matters, why putting things into context matters, because we're missing out on so much of our understanding if we fail to try to study the Bible through a Hebrew lens and a Hebrew perspective. We need to understand who Israel is if we're going to understand how the entire Bible applies to us today. Because as we enter into the renewed covenant with our Heavenly Father through our Messiah, we are grafted into Israel as well. And we need to know what that means. Paul talks about this extensively in Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. And we have to lay down these labels. Um, We have to lay down these labels. If we're ever going to truly be able to listen to another person's, um, I don't want to say perspective, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like hearing somebody out. Um, As you may or may not know, I talked about this on my social media talked about this a little bit last week about how I do not call myself a Christian anymore. I do not um, label myself as a Christian. I don't follow the denomination of Christianity anymore. And that was not easy for me to say because I know that, you know, like I was saying, people just automatically think because you don't if I don't call myself a Christian, then that means something to them. That means that what I've said is count like contradictory to their beliefs. And and this is something that we have to break down and understand because as as I've as I've asked or as I've tried to evangelize on what I know to be true now and how a lot of mainstream Christian teachings today do not line up with the Bible and do not line up with what our Messiah said. The most common responses that I've gotten and I know other people have gotten are, well, are you still a Christian? Are you Jewish now? Oh, well, you must be part of a Hebrew roots cult. And that has really broken my heart because what that has told me is that it people people's understanding of me is nothing deeper than the label that they have attached to it and that's not a good thing because our messiah never said hey you're going to know if they're my disciples 
if they call themselves a Christian. He said you'll know them by their fruit. And that's something that the body has failed to understand what that truly means. And the fact that a growing number of people are trying to put the scriptures in context by studying the history of the nation in which was the only nation in the Bible who these promises were given to were already being labeled as being part of this Hebrew roots movement. And I don't think people even know what they are saying when, when they get the, put these labels out there, because, um, as I said on last week's episode, I just feel like it's very dangerous to have this label of Hebrew roots movement being preached in a way to be applied to believers who are obedient to the father's commandments out of love. It seems to just give people this justification to assume something about someone without having talked to that person first. Like and what's wild is like, we would probably agree on the fact that just because somebody calls himself a Christian, it doesn't mean that they're followers of Messiah. So you can't depend on labels. You can't, you can't base an understanding based on a label. And that's why labels are dangerous. Labels don't do anything except divide. So like at the, at the end of the day, that's why I don't have a denomination. I don't have a religion. I don't have a label because that does not prove anything to you. It really doesn't. What I call myself does not prove a thing to you. It doesn't give you any. That's not how you test somebody's fruit. And if anything, if you want to label me as anything, um, I'm just a whole Bible believer. I just believe the whole Bible. Um, I have a lot in common with my brothers and sisters who are Christians, but I don't call myself that. I just believe the whole Bible because I simultaneously, Christianity doesn't preach the whole Bible. They only preach parts of it. And that's, that's, that's why I feel like this distinction has to be made moving forward. Just to piggyback off of that, you know, I just want to throw this question out there too for you to consider, but why do we need labels? Why do we have to have those? Are they, are they truly necessary? Because in my mind, the only reason that we would need a label is so that we can categorize someone's teachings and put them in a box so that we can better understand them. And I've heard more and more people talk about, and you can easily find this online, um, about how, how dangerous this Hebrew roots movement is and how this movement is, you know, dangerous to the body. But like, the thing is, it's like, and what that's what's crazy, you all, is like people who, this growing body of believers who are simply just examining their faith, testing everything against scripture and studying the original language, the history, so that they can put this in context, that's what's dangerous. Like, I don't, I don't 
I don't understand that. I don't understand why those who have just are simply just examining the foundation of their faith. I mean, it's it's wild to me, but that just tells you right there. There's already this. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A counteracting of, you know, what we're trying to do. It's already rising up and people are already being snared by it. And, you know, we're told by our very own Messiah to search the scriptures. That's John chapter five, verse 39. And it's noted in the book of Acts that there were a group of people called Bereans who it says, receive the word with all readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. That's Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Those two verses indicate that we are to search the scriptures. And I quote, search the scriptures. And they weren't talking about the New Testament. You know what I mean? The scriptures that they went to search for the truth were the Old Testament texts, as there was no New Testament at that time. Yahusha, our Messiah, and his disciples all taught from the Old Testament. And there is a growing body of believers, again, who in obedience were doing the same thing. We're searching those same scriptures out diligently to test everything and to gain more understanding and truth. And as we do that, as we do that, we're realizing that things just aren't aligning anymore. And to be quite frank, that's not a matter of opinion. It's a fact. The church today teaches us many things that actually aren't true at all. And it is so concerning. It's grieving. It's it's disturbing. So <clears throat> with my podcast, I'm trying to build precept upon precept and how I share and teach moving forward, um, especially as we get closer to season four. But I felt led to go ahead and address this topic of labels first, because just by sharing the father's name and the son's name, this Hebrew roots movement label has already begun, even though I haven't even really got started yet. Like this, we, and many of us are in that same place. Like we are just now coming into this understanding of so many truths that have been hidden for so long that even something as monumental yet simple as the father's name and the son's name, it's already being attacked and labeled. And that needs to stop. We have to be careful with, with the words we speak, and that includes the labels that we attach to people. But yeah, I mean, the things that we're learning as we be a Berean, it's not, it's not lining up anymore. The math ain't mathin. And it makes those who are complacent in their faith uncomfortable. Much of our Christian beliefs have been influenced by Rome and we didn't know it. 
Why? Because we've never studied the history. We've never studied our history to find out why we believe the way we do. The majority of Christians, myself included, have been told to just start reading in the New Testament. So we read the back of this book, which is one whole book. It's not two separate books. Men put the labels of Old Testament and New Testament in there to divide the two. It's one book. The majority starts out reading the back of the book without ever really studying the front of it first. And it has skewed our understanding tremendously. And this is why I shared in the last episode, too, that, you know, I'm not your enemy. I'm your friend. I love you. I love you so much that I'm willing to risk being called crazy and even losing friends for the sake of truth. And if you believe in the Messiah for salvation, regardless of whether you call him Yahusha, Yeshua, or Jesus, I'm on the same team as you. However, I'm ch- I, ch- I challenge us all to go deeper. I believe Yahuwah, our Father, is calling us deeper. He's calling us out of Babylon. And this label of Hebrew roots movement is very sinister. It's something that the enemy is already using against those who are challenging and testing scripture, like we are supposed to do. And examining the history and the origin of our words in order to get a better understanding. That's all we're doing. And the Hebrew Roots Movement label, this is nothing more than a label that you can, that's going to be, that, that can be used to throw on someone so that you can easily dismiss their challenges and their perspective. And there's, an, there's also another label being circulated around too called the Sacred Name Only Movement. For those who have a love for the father's name and his son's name. And it's like, man, like, you know, there's always, here's the thing too. Here's the thing. There's always going to be an extreme left side and extreme right side to everything. Literally everything. Like, and I just want to say this too. But just because I use and I love the Father's true name and encourage you to use it as well, I just encourage you not to box people into that label. There are people out here who will tell you you're going to hell if you don't get the proper pronunciation of his name right. That's simply not true. And I'm not the name police, but I will say this. I have a testimony of the greatest deliverance I've ever received by calling on Yahuwah. And I talked about that um, episode 27, 28, 29 in there somewhere. But removing... The name from our Bibles, which was done so around 7,000 times, it's actually caused so much more confusion than the body could ever fathom. 
And the only way to clear that up is to make his name known. It is becoming, I, I think it's becoming more, a little bit more common knowledge that the father's name is not God or Lord. It's becoming more known. <clears throat> the name that was given to us in the Old Testament. And the Bible tells us in multiple places to confess his name, declare his name, glorify his name, exalt his name, praise his name, his name, sing his sing to his name. There's so many different verses. And and this is what we're that's just what we're instructed to do. So I can only speak for myself, but I love his name so much. It has, it has truly been the catalyst by understanding that he has a name and it's not God and it's not Lord. He is the only God. Yes, he is. He is our Lord. Yes, but those are not his names. And I love him so much and I love his name so much that I want everyone to know it. Like, so for many of us, when we praise his his name, exalt his name, magnify, glorify, sing to his name, like he wants the world to know it. I want the world to know it. Not because I'm trying to force that down your throat, but because the name is so good. I can't help myself. Like it fills me with so much joy and love and has given me so much freedom. It has truly delivered me. Delivered me. Set me free. And it is prophesied that his name will be restored in the latter days. Ezekiel tells us that after the final restoration, his name will be polluted no more. And that we will know that he has dealt with us for his name's sake. So when people kind of like, I, I guess, I guess attack me or come against, like whenever I try to talk about his name and, you know, putting these labels on me, my heart gets so broken for them because I have no hate or, you know, judgment on them for saying those things but it's because it just it breaks my heart because like people don't realize that and that's why these labels are dangerous because they 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 put these labels on you to attach some sort of understanding when all that I'm trying to do is is obey the word and I love it so like it's it's I share it out of love. So then when people, you know, smack you in the face with a label, it's like, wait a minute, you don't even know me. You know what I mean? So anyway. And and the question too, here's the thing too, here's the thing too. I want to pose this question to anyone who may feel inclined to label this movement. Or if you 
are confronted with this label yourself. The question I have on the contrary is that if people have such an issue with magnifying the name of Yahuwah, or some people pronounce it Yahweh, if people have an issue with magnifying the name of our Father, do they have the same problem or issue with the name Jesus being magnified across the world? That's the thing, too. You got you think about it. Both think about it. If you don't have an issue with someone shouting Jesus from the mountaintops, then why is it an issue to do the same for the Father's name? Because the Son Himself said He came in the Father's name. He declared His Father's name to His disciples. Could it be that it is because the name of Yahuwah or Yahweh is not as familiar? Could it be that people might have an issue with magnifying the name of the Father because they realize that they might have to actually consider the fact that they've been lied to about something? Is that maybe why people have an issue with it? Do they really have an issue with the Father? father's name being glorified or do they have more of an issue with potentially having to come to the realization that maybe they've been lied to about something and then understanding and acknowledging and accepting that lie comes with accountability and it comes with um challenge comes and that challenge may come with repentance i'm just presenting that because it's just something that we need to think about. You know, let's be honest with ourselves. These labels are very dangerous. And so many people are so quick to assume something without even talking to that person. And we live in an age where everyone wants this microwaved understanding. We want, we want like, a hot pocket gospel and social media is, I love social media from, for, for my own different reasons. I think social media is great when it's used properly, but social media is a platform where people just go on there to consume information quickly. And if we really want to know the truth and grow It requires us to slow down and consider and study and pray and reflect. And I want to share this quote from Barna Group, which is the nation's largest Christian polling organization. And this was several years ago, but it couldn't be more true true or more relevant today. So here it goes. It says, the problem facing... The Christian church is not that people lack a complete set of beliefs. The problem is that they have a full slate of beliefs in mind, which they think are consistent with biblical teachings, and they are neither open to being proven wrong nor to learning new insights. It may well be that spiritual evaluation is so uncommon because people fear that the results might suggest the need for different growth strategies or for more aggressive engagement in the growth process. 
No matter what the underlying reason is, the bottom line among both clergy and the laity was indifference toward their acknowledged lack of evaluation. End quote. <laughs> I, I could not agree with this statement more. And, you know, if someone was able to prove to you that your foundational belief about something is in the Bible is inaccurate. How would you respond to that? Would you allow yourself to be challenged? Would you seek out the information that they provide you and study for yourself? You know, I've had several people message me with issues they have with things that I've shared and that is okay. I welcome that. Seriously, I love it. I love conversation. I welcome it with open arms of grace and joy. Honestly, and I always want to be an open door and I am always willing to be wrong about something. I simultaneously, I will, I will never be mad at someone for questioning me, but The thing is, is that they question me before they ever look into what I'm saying. They've questioned me before ever listening to me. And nine times out of 10, they're trying to understand me through the lens of a label. Whether it's Hebrew roots movement or um, Judaizing. And now I'm not saying... I'm right or have 100% of all the answers. I don't. I really, truly don't. I'm always learning. But I'm simply just offering a new perspective. I'm offering a, a deeper look and a deeper perspective with information and scripture and resources that will potentially challenge your current perspective and worldview. But if you never hear the matter out before responding, especially from someone who is a brother or sister to you in Messiah, then that indicates to me that it's not the information you have an issue with, but the issue you have is with the challenge that I've presented to you to dig a little bit deeper and study the accuracy of something that you've been taught. I know how difficult it is to challenge your own theology. It's very difficult for people to challenge their own theology because the majority of people don't even read the scripture. They don't know how to truly defend their faith. They only know how to defend what their pastors told them during Sunday church. (laughs) That was me too. I, I, I totally understand how how difficult that can be. And, you know, the turning point for me, um, not to get too deep into my own personal testimony, but um, in 2019, I had um, a series of reconstructive bowel surgeries. I lost my large intestine due to complications with ulcerative colitis and Um, I was really, really sick for a really, really long time. 
In 2019, I had three surgeries that put me out. Like I was pretty much, I couldn't do anything except go through surgery after surgery after surgery. And it was a very long road of recovery. During that time, I, I, I was led to study the scriptures because I wasn't doing anything. All I did all day was sit around and try to heal. And I, I just, it was, there's a lot to the story, but I just, I felt myself being drawn closer to the father during that time. So I studied the scripture for like a whole year. That's all I did was study the word because I didn't have anything else to do. And then 2020, the whole world got shut down. So I was all healed up and then the world got shut down. So I remember the first thing I thought was that, wow. And at that time, I didn't know half the things that I've been shown at this point in my walk. So I was sitting there thinking like, wow, God really must be wanting to teach the world something right now. So I took 2020 and I kept digging in the scriptures even more. And then after 2020, uh, 2021 was kind of a, you know, wishy-washy too. Um, I didn't really get back into the church until I don't even remember when, but, um, I, I just, that's around 2021 after studying the scripture on my own diligently for two years, I started just feeling like there things weren't aligning and I kept studying and studying. And then it just snowballed from that. And I just grew into a deeper love. I actually, you know, during those, those few years, so much sin was removed from my life. I mean, it was just wonderful. It was difficult, but it was wonderful. And um, yeah, I, but at the same time, there were things that challenged me in every way possible. And, and what I was learning, like the way I like to, to describe growth and maturity in the spirit is that you go through these paradigm shifts where like you there's a crack in your belief and and it's the holy spirit points out that that crack and i i believe that having your faith challenged is a good thing if i were never willing to challenge my beliefs and seek scripture out to support them i wouldn't be here today that is part of the process of sanctification. There have been so many things that I have sat with for years that I didn't like. I And there are things that I've sat with for years, years that I didn't understand. Because here's, a, I was, I was reading the word and, and getting a little bit of understanding, but I was doubting myself because I was like, wait a minute. This is different than what I've learned in the church. So I had to sit with that because I was, that was, created a lot of inner turmoil for me. But every time I learn new information that points out cracks in my, in the foundation, 
of my way of thinking and what I thought scripture was saying, I have to sit with it uncomfortably until I can finally swallow that truth pill. Because once I swallow it, I've got to make some changes. I have to. It's called conviction. But the reason I sit with the painful convictions is because I really do love the truth and I want to know the truth and I don't want to be deceived. If if you are never willing to test things, test your faith, test why you believe the way you do, you will never grow. And when I say test, I don't mean go ask your family or your friends or your pastor. You sit down with that Bible and you study, just you and him, and you pray and you wait for understanding and answers. And sometimes that understanding does not come overnight. There's been verses and passages that I've sat on for years before I could understand it. You, but the, the beautiful thing is that you have the spirit of our heavenly mediator and intercessor and teacher. He is how we come to the Father. James chapter 1, verse 5. So if any of you lack wisdom, ask for it. It's the Holy Spirit that writes his words on our heart. He communicates to us through his word. And that's why you need to study his word. His word is literally his will and his thoughts. And if you want to truly learn, study his word. Stop listening to 1,200 different YouTube pastors. Stop listening to all these different TikTok influencers 24-7. Like we have to stop trying to seek our answers from men. Because so many people would rather be taught by men than be taught by Yahuwah. I mean, we have to have the faith to believe that what our Messiah said was true in John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Whew. We have a gift the holy set-apart spirit that most Christians today never use because the majority of Christians never make him their first priority. And because of this, they never receive the amazing blessing of truly knowing him. And that grieves me so much because there are mysteries in the pages of the Bible that are only being revealed to those who seek him with all of their heart, searching for him like hidden treasure. Many Christians today don't know the Father at all. They don't know the Messiah at all, but they've been deceived into thinking that they do. 
you see the the Messiah is literally literally the Father's word. John chapter one verse one. <clears throat> Most believers have that verse memorized. The same word that came to Abraham in a vision, Genesis chapter fifteen verse one, is the same word that ministered to Moses. It's the same word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. He declared that he was sent by the Father. It was the Father's word given to us as the only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him, his word will not perish but have eternal life. What is the Father's word? It's the first five books of the Old Testament, his Torah, his commandments. And if we don't understand the Father's word as it was written and given to us, then how will we understand the Messiah since he was the word made flesh? Like I said earlier, most Christians today are taught to read the back of the book first. I know that's where I started. I know that's where I told other people to, to start too. But that's that's terrible advice. <laughs> it really is. It's terrible advice. Because the thing is, most people, most people will accept him. Most people will accept Jesus. But they, 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 it's like they honor me with their lips, but, but their hearts are far from me because they accept him and what he did, but they simultaneously deny his messianic word. Because if we deny his word, then what we are actually doing is denying the son, which the father sent. Does that make sense? So like accepting Jesus, Yahusha, you know, it has nothing to do with like accepting what he did. It's understanding the word because he was the word made flesh. I hope that makes sense. It's more than just knowing what he did. It's knowing who he is. So I want to give you another example of why labels are dangerous. And it is of my personal opinion that the label of calling oneself a Christian is just as dangerous. And the reason I say this is because there are so many people who call themselves a Christian. They believe in Jesus, but have never read the Bible, don't care to read the Bible, live in a willful, belligerent, sinful lifestyle, and have no concern for a prayer life. So what makes them a Christian then? Their belief? Okay, think about that. So let's say, for example, there's another person who calls themselves a Christian. They believe in Jesus. They study the word diligently, have a consistent prayer life, seek to live a righteous life, and open their homes to anyone who needs a meal. What makes them a Christian? Okay, 
If I were someone trying to figure out what I wanted to believe in, I would be very confused. I would be very confused as an unbeliever, knowing that these two people both called themselves a Christian. And the reason labels are dangerous is because at the end of the day, they don't mean anything. They don't prove anything to anybody. The only weight they carry is the assumptions that people give them. It's it's like we it's like we use the word or the label Christian as a way to be inclusive without feeling any sort of need to examine the fruit of their lives to truly be able to discern if these people are in the truth or not. Because that's ultimately what this walk is about, right? So I know I already kind of talked about this, but even before I publicly said, you know, I don't call myself a Christian anymore. I wrestled with that for about a year. And um, if I tell someone... It's almost like calling yourself a Christian puts people at ease. Because if I tell someone I, I'm no longer a Christian, but a whole Bible believer, I just don't put a label, attach a label to myself. But I do believe in our Messiah for salvation, believing that every word in scripture is God breathed. Do you think people, people might still have a problem with that? I don't know. I, I'm assuming... Yes, I'm assuming that it puts people at disease. I don't know. I haven't really talked to a lot of people about that at all. So I don't know for sure. But I'm sure it makes people feel a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, I constantly, that's all my social media is. It's nothing. I don't even share anything about my personal life. It's all about Yahuwah. That's it. The Bible. That's all I talk about. But if I don't call myself a Christian, it's like people, people may not, I don't know, may not see me as a trustworthy source of, of information anymore. And I don't know, I would be curious to hear if that is what people think. I don't know. I can't say for sure. Cause like I said, I haven't talked to people to verify that yet, but It just kind of, I don't know. I feel like a label just carries so much weight. And just because someone may not claim that title, denomination, label of Christian, does that mean that I believe something totally different than I used to? I mean, not really. There are many things that don't line up that I've learned are mainstream teaching teachings in the Christian faith. But for the most part, I believe that most of us attempt to be on the same page in terms of how someone achieves salvation. And if we're being technical though, the first followers of Yahusha weren't even called Christians. They were called Nazarene. You see, people were being called Christians even before our Messiah was even born, but that's a whole other topic that I'm saving for season four. (laughs) 
But because they changed the word in the Bible to Christian, everyone believes that just that must be the truth. But anyway, I, I just want, I just, I don't know who listens to these podcasts, um, but I just encourage you to think about the questions that I'm posing. Um, why do we have to have labels? I mean, do we really need them? No, we really don't. For the same reason, we don't need all these 45,000 different denominations. That's confusing right there. So the reason I wanted to make this podcast episode was because I'm just, I'm feeling led to talk about a lot of different things on my podcast. And I think some of you may already know about some of these things, but others might not. And I just want to encourage you, wherever you are at in your walk, to just open your heart and listen. You know, teaching and sharing the gospel is not supposed to tickle ears. And I'm not here to tickle ears. I'm here to stir hearts. And, you know, I'm not this know-it-all teacher. I'm on this walk just like you. Um, But I want to know the truth. I don't want to be deceived. And I believe that Yahuwah wants me to share what I've been learning. And I'm just being obedient in that. And just trying to clear up as much confusion confusion as I can along the way for, for those who want to listen and learn and grow. Because at the end of the day, I, I hope that's what we're all trying to do. And I've j- just from my short experience so far in what I've observed about these labels that I've seen being floated around and targeted towards people who are simply just examining the faith. Um, I just wanted to create this podcast episode as a, um, a, a, a resource, but also as a, maybe I guess the word that just came up to my mind is like an apologetic, a defense against why, um, these labels are very dangerous. Even why the labeling someone as a Christian is very dangerous. Um, because labels, like I said, they don't prove anything to anybody. If you really want to understand somebody, you just need to have conversations with them. And I, I welcome that with open arms. Always, 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 always. And I hope you do too, you know, let's, let's be a safe place for conversation. The body doesn't have to agree on everything, but just because somebody may challenge your way of thinking and what you believe, it does not make them an enemy. It does not make them a It does not mean they're attacking you. And I think the most important thing too is that no matter what we share, no matter how we share it, um, we, we have to understand that, you know, labels don't come from a place of love. They come from a place of 
assumption. And I don't know. I don't really know what else to say about that. But I just, I encourage the body to, when you see these labels being thrown around, which you're going to, I mean, this has only just started not too long ago, but it's going to continue. It's going to get, I think it's going to get worse, honestly, the more that this truth comes out. And um, I just want to encourage you, whether you are one who may be more inclined to use that label to, you know, talk to somebody or if you have received that label um, as you've tried to evangelize, I encourage both sides to try to have a conversation. I've found it really difficult to converse with those who throw those labels around. I've seen a lot of anger and hostility with those labels being thrown at somebody. And I just, if that's the case for you too, I just encourage you to counteract that with love and grace and humility. Um, yeah, I just encourage you in that. Um, cause at the end of the day, let everything that we do be done in love. And that just reminds me of one of my favorite verses. And this is something that the father impressed in my heart a couple years ago and how to teach and how to, um, talk to people. So it's second Timothy chapter two, verse 24 through 26. Y'all, this is such, Ooh, this is such a good verse. It says, and the servant of the master must not strive, but be gentle unto all men apt to teach patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If Elohim perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. And that, man, I've seen, I, I've personally just trying, I'm not perfect at this, but this is the verse that always like shoots me in the heart whenever I feel any type of like argumentative spirit or any type of pushback from people is to be as gentle as I can, not compromising, but gentle. And it says, because it says, listen, it says that there's some key words here. It says to be gentle, patient, and meek, instructing those that oppose themselves that or that you know that are in opposition to you because perhaps if you do those things if you do those things perhaps maybe just maybe our elohim will will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may be recovered out of the snare of the devil 
That verse is so powerful. And it also makes me think about a verse. Hope I can find it real quick. In Proverbs. Oh, yeah. It's in Proverbs. And it's about how to teach. It says, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 21, that sweetness of the lips increases learning. And that's where it says a lot of people um, talk about how kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. What that verse is really talking about is like how to increase learning, how to how to teach people. And I just felt led to share that with you guys too, because I know that there is like so much, man, there's just so much division in the body. And even the things that I've felt led to share can, it can be looked at as divisive. I know it can, and I know it does. And I try so, so hard to, to, to share and talk and teach as gently as I can. And, and that doesn't mean that you compromise the truth, but there is a very, I think this is something this would be good for the whole body to pray about is to pray that our words be seasoned with grace. Wait a minute. Isn't that a verse? Isn't that a verse? Pray that words be seasoned. Yeah, Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. The only way that this truth, this very <laughs> divisive, it is divisive, um, the truth cuts. the The word is a sword. It cuts. It hurts. It it divides. It cuts your flesh. It really does. But that that's why the that's why man that's why scripture talks so heavy about the way that we are to teach. Because yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but. I feel like this episode is kind of a little all over the place, but um, I don't know that I just felt led to really wrap up this episode by sharing some of those like little nuggets in scripture, because man, I know that the stuff that a lot of the body has, well, not a lot, a piece of the body has been learning about things that aren't as true in Christianity as we've been taught to believe and explaining this to people is literally the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. I, I'm still trying to figure out how to talk about certain things that I feel led to talk about. It's so difficult because I truly want people to to see the truth. I really do. And um, I know one thing for sure. The way that we go about teaching and talking is very, very important. And you have to remember that it's all out of love. 
all of it must be done out of love and reminds me of one more verse holy spirit got me fired up this morning okay it says um second peter chapter three where it talks about one day with yahuwah is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day and that he is not and i'm starting in Chapter 3, verse 9 says, Yahuwah is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So our labor is not in vain. Um, The duty of the servant is, is to be patient because he's been patient with us gentle because I know me coming, me learning more about the truth of the world that I live in and the scripture. This was not taught to me through. And and that's the thing. No, no man taught me this. No man taught me this. This, this was when, when it says that the Holy Spirit is your teacher, the spirit of our Messiah of is, is our teacher. It ain't lying. This, I mean, the Bible doesn't lie, really is our teacher. And when we trust him enough to let him teach us and be the, let the scripture be that ultimate source of authority in our lives, you can stand firm on that. And you can, through study, through understanding, through maturity, through discernment, you're able to, and reading through the gospels and learning how our Messiah was, I mean, like, (laughs) like he's, he got nailed to a tree and he's up there saying, forgive them. (sighs) They don't know what they're doing. So like, if he can have that kind of patience with us, we can have that kind of patience towards other people too. And it doesn't mean that we're going to get the same in return. Oftentimes, it does not mean that at all, (laughs) but I just, I wrestle with these labels being thrown around um, because this is doing a lot more damage than we think, and people are so easily influenced by these labels because they don't know the word well enough for themselves to be able to discern whether or how to truly test somebody by their fruit versus a label. And like I said, that's why I know, you know, if you call yourself a Christian, I want you to know that just because I don't, I don't want you to think that that means we cannot still have unity. However, I will say though that there are things that I feel that need to be clarified and understood so that we can under so that we can better know how or I just I wish that the body I wish for the body to worship in spirit and in truth and sometimes that truth actually goes against 
what Christianity teaches. And, and that's just become a, that's become a problem. And I don't want to say, you know, I don't say these things to be divisive, but it is going to divide because unfortunately in the book of Revelation, there is a huge indictment to the body who is lukewarm. And there are only two, there's only two sides to this life. And you're either, you know, you serve Yahuwah, the most high almighty God, or you serve the world and you cannot ride the fence. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. You have to be a kingdom soldier or a soldier for Satan. And if you're not, it's one or the other. You can't be both. And that it is divisive. It is very divisive. Um, but but the the whole point of understanding what the, the what the true division is about is about good and evil. And that's just where we're at. That's where we're at. So I just I just in the path is narrow. That like if you want to be on the the kingdom side, the true kingdom side, that path is going to separate you from a lot in this world. And that's the path I desire for everybody, although everybody's not going to find that path. That's all I had to share for you all today. I, I love you all so much. I pray for you. I pray that this episode encouraged you. And um, yeah. I will, I'm sorry again for the voice and the crackling and all that stuff. Hopefully my podcast platform thing might like bust it out a little bit and like make it sound a little bit better. I have this like, I if I pay like $3 extra, I can make it to where it like corrects that stuff. So I might do that. I don't know. Anyway, I love you guys. I will be back with you all next week and y'all bless.